when he gained all this muscle, he lost 17 pounds of fat. But if he dropped 17 pounds of body fat from that 166 state, yeah, when he had 17 pounds of body fat, yeah, <laughs> he's how many pounds of body fat does he have now? <laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Today on Muscle Minds, I'm hanging out with Scott Stevenson, and we are reacting to a lecture by Mike Menser about the Colorado experiment. Now, if you guys know me, you know I'm a huge Mike Menser fan. Scott and I have both been highly influenced by hit training. Uh, that said, Mike says some pretty questionable stuff, and we're going to talk about that today. All the programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for additional savings. They're high-quality third-party tested supplements. They're definitely a company that you can trust. They're a company I've stood behind for literally 15 years, long before they advertised with our show. We're also brought to you by Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach. You can go to byobbcoach.com to download the ebook, or you can go to Amazon to get the hardcover. I'll have links to that and our advertisers below. All right, guys, let's get to the show. Uh, some of you guys might not have heard of the Colorado experiment before. We had somebody in the Facebook group ask us to basically review and react to this video. And by the way, too, I want to say if you guys are new here, let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell. We have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. We have a ton of fun. Muscle Minds is super sciencey, so we'll get into some some bodybuilding science on uh, Mike Menser here. Let's see what we've got. So I know you watched this ahead of time. I have not seen this yet, Scott. Just watch this. It's not very long at all. all right. Another one is lectures. I don't know which one I even read. But. Okay. I think there's a little bit of an intro here. I'm going to skip ahead to this spot right here. How many people here have heard of the Colorado experiment? In 1973, the Exercise Physiology Department of Fort Collins University conducted an experiment with a number of individuals, the most famous of which was Casey Theater. The nature of the experiment was intended to find out how rapidly individuals could gain muscle in a high-intensity training program. And what they did was, well, since Casey was the most famous, we'll talk about Casey, and also because his results were the most outstanding. Machine. I want all those chain driven old school yeah, models. I know, machines. right? Yeah. Um, interesting thing is, is that um, I wish I haven't seen this published anywhere. I, I didn't look this morning uh -huh. when I saw this, but I haven't. This was, you know, supposedly, if this was an experiment that was conducted, this should have been published somewhere. And I would have expected that 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 reference would have been carried along. Um, mm. I think I faintly remembered this, but when you think about the Colorado experiment, I, I had always heard, I remember hearing it recited as it was just experiment with Casey and that was it. Okay. So, so you've got, so the first thing that pops in my head, I mean, I, I feel like we're always picking on Mike, but um, we should see this, but if this appeals to our, this, this um, relates to our listeners, we should see what the other, individuals did like how did this how did this work out with the people who weren't kcb8 or it'd be interesting to see if this was an experiment that was done certainly they calculated means um they had some raw data and other than just the numbers from casey yeah. which is what we see here so we'd be like ah show us the you got, you got the data show us the numbers because that's that's really where it matters just like we're saying like you're not going to see a study they all we're always studies are always looking at means right 
Yeah. And they oftentimes throw out the outliers. Statistically mm. speaking, from a scientific perspective, if Casey was, this is really outstanding what happened. It's just extraordinary. I would imagine most researchers worth their salt would have, maybe this is why it wasn't published, they would have just thrown him out. Oh, because yeah. It's so high. It wouldn't have ever been published. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, um, there's this people who are in, in the know would know there's a study that was done with HMB um, that got, uh, I don't know if it was, was taken, retracted or not, um, but it was a lot of um, people came and said, this, these are just, it's just ridiculous what's going on here, what's being reported. This, this is just, this is outside of um, the realm of normal physiological adaptation. So anyway, we'll keep really? going. But yeah, yeah. That, that, that was one that popped in my head. Um, okay, and that's, that happens in science. Like this doesn't make any sense. We we just can't. We think there's something else going on, and Mike addresses this here. This okay, talk. and that said too, I want to mention this uh, this channel we're watching this on is called Heavy Duty College. They've got like thirty seven thousand subscribers. You guys can go over there to probably see a bunch more Menser stuff. If you guys are Menser fans like I am, then you'll probably appreciate this channel. So on May first. I like Casey too. 1973, Casey weighed 166 pounds. I'm not trying to mislead you, this was an underweight condition for Casey. When he won the Mr. America, he weighed around 212 or 215. So he was underweight okay. to begin with. In four weeks, Actually, you pause there. training 30 minutes a day, three days a week, May 29. This is interesting. Um, so. Because the numbers kind of match my stage weight in the last the last decade, it was it was around there. They probably averaged about two twelve. Okay, right. I weighed one sixty when I was in high school. I haven't been lower than like than like one ninety two. I think really when I was like trying, I, I like getting to one sixty six. I can't even imagine. Like last time I dieted down to try to make. <laughs> um, 198 and I was eating like one meal a day that whole thing we talked about that yeah being 166 that is way 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 off of his stage weight he all looks right. pretty good for that 166 I sent um, some uh, hit bashing coming up guys so for all you hit guys <laughs> know that I'm on your side know that I'm this, on your this side this is just how I think now look at his body fat here too oh yeah just consider what his body fat is pretty Casey low he weighs 212 pounds pretty low in one month, exactly 28 days, Casey gained what demonstrably seems to be 46 pounds. <laughs> now, you don't know if that's 46, pounds, that's of 46 muscle, pounds of muscle, 46 pounds of fat, Hold on. or a combination of fat and muscle. But the exercise physiology department conducted a very sophisticated body fat <laughs> test called the radioisotope assay test, which showed that Casey lost. 17 pounds of body fat during that 28-day period. So we know. Imagine if he lost 17 pounds of body fat. He, let's say he's 166 there, and I was going to – let me do the math here. So let's say he's – if he's 10%, would you say he might have been 10% body fat then? Let me see. I'm going to just roll it back to where they showed that. So this is the before picture here. Uh, yeah, uh, 12 at would be, I'd say, higher end. I feel like he's kind of flat, so – I, I would guess if he were to fill out, you would see even more detail, which would lend me to think he was more like a, I'd say 10 at the most. So if he's 166 with 10% body fat, he has 16.6, 17 pounds of body fat. Okay. 
So he lost 17 pounds of fat and he gained, what was it, like 42 pounds of muscle, they said? When he gained all this muscle, he lost 17 pounds of fat, supposedly, according to the the radioisotope test. He didn't say what it was. It may have been potassium counting. Oh, Um, okay. So there's issues there with the body. But if he dropped 17 pounds of body fat from that 166 state, yeah, when he had 17 pounds of body fat, yeah, <laughs> he's how many pounds of body fat does he have now? <laughs> he's like uh, like Ronnie when Ronnie went negative. Yeah, he, literally, he lost 17 pounds of body fat. So, like, let's see the before and after. Like, what was his body fat then? Yeah, at that two whatever he got to the 46 pounds that he that he gained. Yeah. Wow. All okay, right. so there's a there's a mathematical issue there. We're talking about you know this doesn't make any sense mathematically, but this okay. happens with body comp stuff. He actually gained sixty three pounds of muscle, but again, this was muscle that he had previously held, and all bodybuilders know it's easier to get bigger the second sure. time around. Once you lose mass, it's easier to regain it the second time. The problem is the acquisition of new muscle mass. <clears throat> But it's still an incredible achievement. He was gaining more than 2,000 muscle a day. I talked to people who were present at the experiment, and they said you could literally see Casey grow before your very eyes, growing like a weed. Again, how did he do it? He averaged 30 minutes of training three days a week. That comes out to a total of an hour and a half of training a week, times four weeks at six hours of training. It took Casey six hours of training to stimulate 63 pounds of muscle growth. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Whether it was new math. Um, I would love to see what the training program was. Like, what did he do? I don't think I've ever seen that published either. No, I figured they did uh, like a traditional HIT style program, uh, like an Arthur Jones HIT program. I just as always assumed. So push pull legs? I don't know. Is that it? Yeah. I mean, 30 minutes? How many sets, like, you know more about traditional, what would you expect the 30-minute the workout would it look like? Well, I know that what I've seen with Arthur Jones workouts, some of it was, like, uh, full body. Okay. All and right. it would be, like, one all-out set on this pullover machine, and then mm-hmm. one all-out set on the next machine, one all-out set on the next machine, and you would just, just keep... circuit. Yeah, yeah, you would just kind of circuit it like that. And okay. you would try to take it to, you know, you try to take it to absolute, you know, failure. Mm-hmm. I believe. I believe. Don't quote me on that, you know. Yeah. But that's that's the at least when I so when I was in school, uh, I took a weightlifting class in college, and they had this entire circuit set up. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And we actually like the weightlifting. It was not what I wanted to do. I figured we were going to be doing like at the time I was doing like you know. Uh, chest and shoulders back and by stuff like that and then they were like okay so here's your your workout and i had to switch my workout for a semester and do this whole thing plus Uh we did a ton of jogging too it really kind of sucked i got it was the first time in my life i got good at jogging scott like i didn't know how to jog really well and i Uh got good at it and before you know it i could like jog uh, across campus to get to my class and not be out of breath so that was cool And I do feel like I, I got um, more tone overall, but I was not taking things to failure. Like if Arthur Jones was there, I don't think I would have been training up to his specs at the time. Yeah. I didn't understand how to do that, you know? Right, right. Now that's a typical PE gym class, weight training class. Yeah, and it was a Nautilus uh, setup. It was like a Nautilus training thing, and I believe that Arthur mm-hmm. Jones had something to do with the workout. Old mass, whatever. 
still an incredible. I like those team. pants. What I want to do is contrast that with something <coughs> our friend Mr. Schwarzenegger did. Yeah. You may recall in July 1975, finished making the movie Stay Hungry and resumed his, not resumed, but began his training for his last deserved Mr. Olympia win in 1975 at a body weight of 210. He was also underweight. For the movie Stay Hungry, he was forced to reduce his body weight. And he looked rather emaciated at 210. As a matter of fact, I was in Gold's gym that day. A very naive young Mike Metzger. Pause there, Scott. Hey, Scott. Okay. I think now you're... Oh, there you are. Oh, sorry. Um, so, I think... I don't know how tall Casey was, but it's interesting. This is important because Casey's top weight, when he, after the Colorado experiment, was 212. Yeah, Arnold's starting weight was two ten. Okay, so the relative state, both of them are relatively detrained, but the relative state of being detrained was less for Arnold. For okay. Arnold to get down to whatever Casey was at, I can't imagine it would have had to have been like one eighty or something like that. Maybe. Okay, you know? yeah. a lot lighter. Arnold was still looking good. You know, he's still filming movies where he was playing roles where he had to be muscular. So, and yeah. he makes this point too, but. I think that's important. He get his first workout for his last deserved Mr. Olympia title, which he won in November 1975. Four months later, he claims he weighed 225 pounds when he won that last contest. Although there were people who were present, John Bailick and Albert Bruce, that claimed he only weighed 218. But we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Arnold gained 15 pounds at least a muscle in this four-month period. This was not a, a sophisticated study, as was this one. So we don't know if Arnold lost any fat during this period. Probably he did. So we don't know. It's just, it wasn't that controlled of a study. But we know he gained at least 15 pounds of muscle. How did he do it? Well, he's gone on record several times. He even boasts about it. it was racist. And he trained four hours a day, six days a week, for four months. If you're real fast with your arithmetic, you'll find out that comes out to a total of 288 hours spent in the gym. It took Arnold 288 hours in the gym to stimulate 15 pounds of muscular growth. And he was not successful. Hit pause there. In regaining all the... So it was, if I remember hearing it, it was 210 to 218, so assuming 15 pounds of muscular growth. The other thing that's important there is that Arnold was trying to get into contest condition. So yeah. he, and that 225 versus 218, it may have been, I don't know, just guessing. It's, it's, it's a possibility that he weighed 225 when he was in contest condition, and then he then he dropped his water and was 218 the day of the show. Yeah, so it's possible. 225, he was in, but he was intentionally keeping his body fat really, really low. Yeah. So Because he, he knew he was going to compete. Whereas Casey was like full-blown, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about what may have actually, he mentions it too. But um, and then the four hours, I think Arnold was pretty well known for. I mean, they took their time and they futzed around. Some yeah, of that oh, is yeah. cardio too. If he's yeah. doing some cardio, I don't know. I don't. Did he do cardio in, in pumping iron? I don't, I don't sure think. I don't think they did a lot of cardio back then. Yeah, but but he but Arnold is known to over exaggerate when it is in his favor, under exaggerate when it's in his favor. Of course. Yeah. Something just came out. He was asked, I think it was published in Men's Health. Did you did you see this? I heard it through um Anukus podcast in Germany that Arnold claims 
I think for the 1975 Olympia that he his his um, gear regimen was 100 milligrams of testosterone a week and 15 milligrams of Dianabol a day. That's no all he kidding. Took. That's what he says, that's what he, huh? That's what he claimed. Yeah. So that's that's 205 milligrams a week. Yeah. That's what he claimed. And of course, huh. the Gonaquist podcast is like, okay, yeah, don't let yourself be fooled. We highly doubt this was the case. So, you know, who knows? He's going by what Arnold said was the case. You know? Yeah. yeah. So there's two things that are important here is how many hours was that really? <laughs> I don't know. Um, and uh, what, how much, we don't know anything about how much he actually gained. If we give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt that he, he, he dropped some water, et cetera. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, non-scientific wishy-washy guessing going on here yeah um, do they talk about what casey viator took anything about gear in this uh conversation yeah there? they do we got oh, we good so yeah, he good gets to all it. right yeah, good i want to hear that mm-hmm. sk had previously held because in 1974 his best mr Olympia condition i feel where he weighed 237 he was just awesomely good huge it was his heaviest yeah. ever mr Olympia. Oh, Tough we got a meat commercial is here. What we're supposed to be eating? We're just gonna, I have a, a device man, that I hell? use. But it's big. I need to get the. Uh, there we go. Back to back to the show. Years ago, why were you so light in South Africa? Why did you not go back up to two thirty-seven? He said, "I simply didn't have the time." He had four months. He had four months to gain back twenty-seven pounds. He did not succeed. Casey gained sixty-three pounds in one month. How do you account for this? Arnold didn't have four months just to gain back 27 pounds of muscle. He had to gain back as much muscle as he can and optimize that to be on to be in stage condition where he could be judged to possibly win the show. Yeah. If if Arnold said if they said Arnold you got four months, I want you to get as big as humanly possible. I bet he would have. I bet he would have made it to 250. Yeah, I like Casey Viador, and I'm a huge oh, yeah. fan of Hit. But I would not say that that Casey Viador would beat that Arnold on any stage, any day. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry. He's big and he's thick. And you can see that he's definitely improved dramatically. Oh, yeah. uh, but that is not a stage conditioning. That is that is for sure. In fact, and- I would argue that he might even have the same body fat as he did when he started. I was about to say, I was about to say, it doesn't look like he lost 17 pounds of body fat. He's not, definitely not, we go by that first one being at 10%, he didn't go down to zero. He's not at zero. Of course, you know, that's physiologically impossible anyway. Yeah. So if he maintained and he gained muscle, then his body fat percentage would go down, but uh, right. that doesn't mean that his he lost any fat. <laughs> you know what yes, I mean? right, right. And, you know, this highly sophisticated radioisotope you know, I imagine it's potassium counting, and that's just looking at basically intracellular section. That's that's not done. You know, he could have. There were in '73, I think Dernan Wamersley was '72. There were skin folds that could have been done um, okay. at that time, but they didn't do that. So we don't. That would be nice to know the body comp because it just doesn't make any sense that he lost 17 pounds of fat. No, just just this this. Right. So I want to hear about the gear. Hope yeah, he here we go. Gear soon. He'll, he'll be, he'll be surprised. Or the disparity in achievement. All we have to go on, according to this, is the amount of time they spent training. That's the only variable we can compare. I do know this, however. Arnold has gone on record as saying he did take steroids, 
And according to Casey, and according to Dr. Elliot Fleas, who conducted the Colorado experiment, Casey Gator definitely what? was not on steroids. That's hard to believe. Oh, man, that's a bummer. Arnold is on record as saying he yep, did not for that, Mr. Olympia. That, that variable is different. But the only other variable we have to go on is this. Six hours versus 288 hours. Any other explanation? They were both underweight to begin with. And it's true that Casey was even more underweight, so he had the opportunity to gain more weight back. But at least Casey was successful in gaining back all the weight he had previously held. Arnold had four times as much time, but still could not regain all the mass he had previously held. He had four months to do it. Casey had one month to do it. So actually, Casey's task was harder. Arnold had four months to gain back 27 pounds and could not do it. Casey had one month to gain back 63 pounds. I don't think that was the posture right there. That wasn't the contest either. I don't think the contest was gain back 27 pounds. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that Mike is... And twisting. I, the first thing that popped out at me, this he was, hated you know, Arnold. He hated Arnold so bad. He really did. He really did. He did. But look at Casey's posture right there. I'm thinking like, yeah. I mean, what that made me think of looking there is that he had some kind of injury that knocked him out of training. Like he literally, oh, like, yeah. I mean, you see that, and you could say, okay, like, that's he, definitely he had a stroke. You to, if you tell me someone had a stroke, yeah. show, I'm like, yeah, look, you can obviously see they had a stroke. It's affecting the left side. Yeah, yeah, there's no question that that is, you know, we've talked about this before. If you were to take a mirror image, like just flip oh. flip a half, you know, that the mm -hmm. right side has is so much more pronounced than than the left mm -hmm. there. Yeah, that's radically different, man. Yeah. I wonder what happened to him there. I don't know. I don't know. I never heard about that. But he's not on gear. I'm going to give this one more time, one more of these. <laughs> And Casey Viador, Arnold admitted that he took steroids, and Casey Viador was absolutely natural. Natural. Yeah. <laughs> he's claiming 63 pounds of muscle mass. There's no water there. This is equally hydrated skeletal muscle tissue. Yeah. Right? Um, Arnold trained so long, he only overtrained so much. He could not train with the intensity required to stimulate that much muscular growth. And even if he did train with the intensity required, he didn't allow enough time to recover and allow that growth to manifest itself. That's it, huh? Yeah, Arnold didn't train hard enough. And he didn't have good enough genetics to recover. That said, thank you for heavy duty college. You guys have a great looking channel yeah. there. Uh, man, I just, I can't help but, I can't help but cringe a little bit uh, at that whole thing because it just sounded to me like a smear campaign against Arnold. That that talk, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing is, like, there is some, if this was done at the university and they have, like, you publish those results, let's get it in the real details of what happened here. And then let's show the data. This is why you, you know, show me the data. Let's see what happened to fat-free mass and fat mass. Yeah. You know, where was his, what was his estimated fat mass at the beginning such that he lost 17 pounds? Yeah. And where did it end up? You know? Yeah. Like, did he end up, was, was that second picture support, even if he's at, you know, 12% or 15%, that second picture suggests that he's at, he's at 212 at single digit percent body fat. At the right. End of the, 
the, the, the study. That he would have been shredded. Oh, absolutely! He looked really good. He looked phenomenal. I mean, he wouldn't. That's he would still be underweight for his his stage weight when he won previously won a show. But yeah, yeah. So something's just not adding up there. But I, I think the thing is, is Mike could present himself really, really well. He's a yes. very good speaker. Um, and uh, he does mix in science yes. at a time when when no one was doing that. I don't think like you didn't have. You don't have anyone doing anything like what the current state is now, where you know you've got you know, so many scientists that are that are in the bodybuilding sphere. Well, let's um, not let's not fool ourselves though. This is still happening today. Oh yeah, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely, <laughs> for sure. I know. That's why I still have. That's why I still have a mission, right? Ah, you yes. Want, yeah, yeah. Of course. A lot of, of I think you've called it word salad, like a buzzword salad before. Yeah. To, something to that effect. To, yeah. Yeah. Like high, highly sophisticated, you know? Yeah. What he said, the body composition was like, yeah, the radioisotope. Ooh, okay. And, you know, of course, what that does to people is like, well, I couldn't possibly understand what's going on there. Yeah. So you just stay away from it. It's like, it's like when you're, you know, you got a, a nice new car, you don't know anything about automobiles and your car's not working. You're like, I'm not even going to begin to try to figure out what's wrong. I'm just going to have to call AAA and have them tow it into the mechanic so he can take care of it. Yeah. You know, because there's no way I could possibly, you know, check my oil and see if I ran out of oil, you know, or, or whatever. Um, so that, that works with many, many, many people. I'm not call, I'm not trying to call eight people who follow HIT or like Mike Venture stuff stupid. No, um, of course not. Not in the least. No way. I mean, not, not well, I mean, whatsoever. I don't think that what you've done in what your training has been founded on could exist even if it wasn't for understanding high intensity, right? What do you mean by my, oh, my fortitude training? Yeah, like fortitude training and, and, and you know, yeah. programs like that. Like you, you have to, I think, understand the value of failure and, and of taking things to that absolute limit. I, I really think that that's, it's become the, I guess my point is it's become the foundation of so much that we value that mm -hmm. uh, I understand and hopefully the audience does too, uh, that, that it's by no means to take away from that. Well, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that so many people, like back when I started training and started trying to figure things out and just, this is just my natural inclination, yeah. is that you just train as hard as you can, Yeah. you know? You don't like you just train as, as hard as you can. And that's that was true. Like, you know, in all sports, unless they tell you like in swimming, for instance, swimming, we do a taper, you know, so they they that was the only time it was like you're, you were ever trying to intentionally reduce your intensity below whatever issue you knew you needed to, to, to swim at in yeah. order to pace yourself. Yeah, if they you do, do that 500 in... meters. You don't just go balls out right off the, off the bat. You have yeah. to pace it. They do that right. in running too, you know, Absolutely. different things like All that. Absolutely, sports. but but football, you know, like sometimes, like if it's the day before the game and you're going to just run through some stuff, you know, and you know, just helmets, no pads or whatever, you go at half speed or whatever they tell you just to just to for a cognitive exercise. But but they don't say, okay, you know, like you're practicing football, you know, just like. Go eighty percent. It's like no, you're trying to kill the other guy all the time. If if you're not, it's just because that's not something you can get yourself to do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's how it was sort of with weight training. Is you just have to train as hard as you possibly can, as hard as you're willing to. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. So he, he HIT always made sense to me too. 
um, that's just just train as hard as you can. That's the the nature of this of this beast, you know. It's yes. hard training. Well, listen, yeah. we uh, we have a bunch of questions, but we'll just have to save them for the next episode because so, we've gone. Thank uh, you, everyone. Yeah, thanks everybody for for commenting with those questions. I'll be sure to hold on to them, Scott. That way we can uh, tackle them on the next show. And if you guys have any questions, anything you want to throw in here at Muscle Minds with Scott, dude, we'd be happy to take them. So definitely comment. And um, if you're new to our content, then let me encourage you to subscribe and hit the bell because we have several bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week. Lots of entertainment and education and some bodybuilding science from guys like Scott, plus some bro science from guys like, uh, you know, everybody else mixed in with real science because there's a balance, Scott. And I don't want to take us too far off, man, but I think bro science has gotten a bad reputation nowadays. And uh, I think that we're oftentimes forgetting that uh, bodybuilding is a blend of science and art. It's science and gut intuition based off of experience. So with that said, don't follow your GPS into a lake and don't, you know, just do reps and reserve because yeah. that's what somebody said to do. Understand what failure is before you before you start messing with anything else. Get the basics down, you know. I tell you the important thing, the way I define bro science, this is the way I because I think I mentioned this in my book, but I think of bro science is when someone explains something that they see anecdotally or repeatedly anecdotally amongst their they have a, an empirical observation that they've made. Yeah, and then they come up with some sort of scientific, which is actually pseudo scientific explanation for it. Uh, hey, bro, that's because you got more mitochondria going yeah, on there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you're because you got you got the right kind of myosin, or they just start throwing <laughs> yeah. out like whatever buzzwords that they they know. Yeah, and they're coming up with a mechanism to explain something to make it. It's like, bro, this is the real science, and it's like. No, that's nothing in the scientific literature about. That's what I consider bro science. Yeah, that's when a good way of putting is, it. Yeah, but like, like what Dante did in developing DC training, like some people might call that bro science because he wasn't conducting laboratory science, the word experiments, and publishing these things in the mm. peer-reviewed scientific literature. I, I don't. That's not bro science. I got that's you. That's figuring stuff out in the field. You know, yeah. field science or whatever. Yeah, but that that's totally legit in my mind, and that's what. I mean, people talk about Brad Schoenfeld. You can criticize him for certain things, maybe. Some like to jump his case, but he's done phenomenal things because he was a bro, competed once or twice at least. He's personal trainer for years, and he's like, "There's too many things that we don't have explanations for," and that's largely what he's done, or to a large extent, at least in his, his scientific career, was try to come up with real science to evaluate what the bros have found on yeah. all sorts of topics. Yeah. So, but the bro science is when people just make shit up. You know, that's what I think bro science is. I'll go with that. Um, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Guys, you can go to uh, BYOBB Coach. That's BYOBB Coach. Com. You can get Scott's book there, Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach, or you can look that up over on Amazon. You can get the hardcover there like I did. You could go to uh, truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They're the first company that are believed in everything we're doing. So definitely check them out. Use our code THINK, supplementsource.ca for great deals that change week to week from for our Canadian people. And of course, Strom Sports Nutrition for everybody over in the UK. Thank you to everybody from Patreon. Comment over on Patreon. I have a thread running right now to gather your questions for all the shows. Scott, as always, appreciate having you. Likewise. Love you.